Welcome back to the Sports Booth Podcast. What a week. G'day, g'day, g'day. What a week for, <laughs> to be an Australian. Oh, it's a miserable week for me, but we will run through all of this today. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a tough weekend yeah. for any respected New Zealander who follows Rugby Union. Um, something not expected, something not what we haven't felt in a very long time. No, it was uh, is Australian teams coming through and, and winning. Uh, and, you know, last week we had the Brumbies uh, beating the Highlanders, but you kind of thought, okay, does that really count? The Highlanders have played pretty poorly. The Brumbies are probably the top Australian team. Let's see some other teams pick up some wins here. And boy, howdy, did we get a <laughs> bloody result down at Leichhardt Oval. Oh, Lordy, yes, you did. You did, you did, you did. Okay, we'll get on to that later. Yep. Uh, and again, it was another tough morning as a New Zealand rugby fan when uh, – the Australian Sevens, Women's Sevens team, even better, yes. New Zealand Women's Sevens team. I stood in there, I, was, I had the, the live updates on, on my com- work computer going, and I was like, yes, we've got this one. Five seconds left, we've got the ball in hand, give away a penalty. Australian runs down the whole field. I already had my... Did you, did you watch the try? No. It's great. There's a great cut-out ball there from uh, from sort of the left-hand side of the field to the middle of the field, and just tremendous ball running, breaking through a tackle and a scoring try. It's a really good try. There was some very slick moves. I watched a few of the... Um, highlights of the Wallaroos. I don't know if the, the Wallaroos is the name for the Sevens as well. I know that's the the full fifteen side, but they they're bloody good. Yeah, hundred percent. And it was a thing. The, the Black Ferns, the New Zealand team, are called Black Ferns across the board. So it's yeah. Black Fern Sevens and then Black. I don't actually know if yours. I was trying to find them on social media to yeah. put their post up rather than the New Zealand Sevens losing post, but I couldn't find them. Yeah. They're actually under AU Seven, so I don't know what what goes on with mm. that team. But they're a couple. Of, those two teams are very good footballers. Yeah, like it was. A, it was an unreal just to see the updates coming in. The whole game goes for an extra two minutes. The Aussie Sevens obviously get up to really, really put a dampener on my yep. on my Monday. I came in here. I was like, at least I've got something, and I've got nothing. So, yeah, on the potty today, we'll be talking about, of course, Super Rugby historic week. I yep. would say uh, NRL round eight: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. Uh, and then we'll touch on American sports. The NFL draft just happened. We've got some NBA playoffs getting really yeah. hot. So we'll go over that. But without further ado, Super Rugby. I will yeah. take you through the results and we'll break down each game a little bit. Uh, let's start with the Reds versus the Chiefs. First game of the round, 25-27 to the Chiefs. Great start to the, to, to, to the weekend. Like a competitive game. It was, it was a good game. Mm. Blues versus Force, 22-18. Another one where you were like, what's happening here? Like... Are these games going to be this competitive whole round? Then we got the fantastic experience out in Fiji with the Jura versus the Highlanders. Jura just losing that one 24-27. Then the upset of, potentially upset of the season, probably up there with minor Pacific over the Hurricanes. 24-21, the Tars, Husey's Tars over the Crusaders. Rebels bet Moana 26-22 in their game. And then to finish it off, the Brumbies dominated the Hurricanes at home to put themselves in the top two conversation. Yep. So let's get into it. Let's start with the first game. Reds versus Chiefs, a good game. Yeah. And, and and the crazy thing is, as good as the game was, and again, we both picked the Reds, Reds probably should have won that game. Like, mm. There was definitely times there they should have won that game. Chiefs, a good team, wins games like that, and yep. they did that. It's the same how they played against the Waratahs as well where the Waratahs came close a few times, but the Chiefs ended up pulling it out of the bag and then sort of ran away with it towards the, the end of the game. Um, I really like the fight I'm seeing out of the Australian teams. I think they've really taken to heart the Australian teams can't beat New Zealand teams message and are really pissed off about it. Um, and the Reds, they, they lost Taniela Tupo. They've lost him, I think, for the rest of the season. season he's gone, yeah, done a calf. Calf strain. So, well, I mean, hopefully that rests him in time for some international games. We'll see, but I think Australia's actually doing pretty well 
the front row department across the board with how well Angus Bell's playing. Um, and yeah, just a really gritty game. Uh, but the, the Chiefs, look, they, they've lost a couple of games to um, to Kiwi teams, but yeah, I, I've got the feeling that they're going to be sort of the, we talked about at the start of the season, the sneaky, sneaky team that um, comes through and, and could win it all. Definitely, 100%. They, they, they are there. In the second game, Blues versus the Force, 22-8 at halftime. Yeah. I was ready. I was like, okay, cool. So the, the Reds, they're, they're a good team. They, they stuck in it, but the Chiefs ended up winning. I said the Blues are going to run the Force off the park. 22-18, five minutes to go. Not even five minutes to go. We're going to extra time. I have to get it up on Stan Sport. I yeah. have to. Because 26 phases later, a turnover to finally finish the game. Yeah. Wow, what a finish. What effort and heart. And it was, a good, it was another one where it was like, like you said, you're not going to lie down these Australian teams now. They're mm-hmm. going to sit there and fight and fight and fight, and they're in with a chance. They're yep. in with a chance. I, I think they were unfortunate not to uh, get the win there. The the force. I think that would have been uh, pandemonium. That would have been in, insane. E- even as a Waratahs fan, I would concede that the the force beating the Blues is a bigger upset than the Waratahs versus the Crusaders. Um, personal feelings aside, and everything because you know we 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 haven't ranked the force that high. They're not even in the top eight. No, just. They struggled against other Australian teams, so if they managed to pull that out, that would have been crazy. But um, yeah, it's just it, it's it, it was close, and it was is encouraging signs though. Exactly, a hundred percent. And then we move on to the game in Fiji, Fiji and Dura versus the Highlanders, twenty four twenty seven. I mean, electric atmosphere. I don't know if you saw much of the game, but just watching the highlights, even that you can get how loud the crowd is, just how insanely loud they are. Um, and yeah, Habossi, his try where he's down the sideline, mm. I was just like, God, the, that, that reminded me of a bit of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, yeah. Marshawn Lynch, you know, stadium moving. That was Beast insane. Mode. So it was it was very much, again, a great game, a great experience. Now, they didn't mm. pull out the victory, but just for it to be a close game yeah. was a fantastic experience. There's, we've got to remember as well, the Highlanders have been in this competition for, you know, 25 years just about now. I think it was, what, 95, so 20-odd years. First year for the for the Jura team, and to be this close to beating a New Zealand Super Rugby team is it's huge. Pretty good, yeah. And that, and that's backing it up off a performance, a decent performance against a blue side, where they yep. again held their own. So I'm very excited to see in three years' time what this Jura side's going to hold and where they're going to actually finish. They're in, they're insane athletes. Yeah, is is the th- is the really scary thing is that they are so physically gifted. It's just a couple of like technical things, and that's. That's the stuff you can improve on, which is yeah, that's that's really scary for for them and Moana Pacifica. Yeah, hundred percent. Then we'll move on into to the Waratahs beating the Crusaders, mm. and I will let you take it away from uh, here. Look, just a, I think this is you got to call this the Dylan Peach game. Just <laughs> running absolutely deadly lines, just shrugging off tacklers, uh, and the other winger who's I'm not going to even try to <laughs> Mark pronounce. In <laughs> yeah, it just both both of them had had great games. Uh, Hooper stood up. Charlie Gamble, though, I think he's he's proving to be the buy of the season, and against the club that uh, that brought him up as well, the Crusaders. So, look, it wasn't all bad for the Kiwis. You got yeah, you, yeah. you got one well, guy there. Well, that's the thing. I'm I'm now nervous. I'm like, can can a New Zealand team reach out to Charlie Gamble and sign him and bring him back over because he must be close to residency. If he was he was playing Petersham Rugby and Subbies, yeah. like two three years ago. He must soon be ready for residency, and then we're going to see another Quade Cooper situation where he won't be a citizen for the next twenty years, but at least he'll be playing for the Wallabies. Yep. So, I mean, an unreal player, an unreal game, and that's what unreal moustache as well. Like, <laughs> he does takes you back to the eighties a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I've always kind of said this with you, your Waratahs, especially this this year. Your wingers haven't 
had the finishing quite there in, the, in those Aussie games. And then mm. that Dylan Peace, the way he finished in that game and even the way Mark's finishing is, is just, it's is clearly stepped up a level and it's helped that team. Again, I, I ranked Tane Edmund in, into yeah. my uh, team of the week because I think we started the season with your Waratahs. Ben Donaldson was... And he playing bad. very well, yeah. in the Australian yeah. team, and it's not like again he had any right to be dropped. I think it was a bit of getting yeah. Tane in there. Well, Tane's just done the exact and same he, thing. Where I'm like, man, who do you even pick between now? Like they were both on top. And of the even game now. Will Will Harrison has played well when he's gone into the ten spot or back at uh, fullback as well when he hasn't been injured. Uh, Newsom's played well at fullback as well. So I think the Waratahs have got a bit of um, depth in in the back line, and that's not to say that they're all Wallabies levels player, but it, it, you're not going to see a huge glaring weakness there uh, whenever any of them go out. And look, we haven't even talked about uh, Parisi at all, who had a fantastic game as per usual, but that's just become the norm norm for him. Uh, the Waratah scrum I thought was uh, very good as well. The young hooker uh, first debut game, and he he gets a try as well. The penalty try I think was very uh, well officiated. Um, I, I did like the officiating this game. The the first um, head head knock, I think he they ruled that correctly. They went through, they broke it down, and he did everything right um, when he went in and took uh, Edmed's head. But then the red card was uh, also justified because oh, there wasn't goodness. any of that uh, mitigating factors there. So look, I, I, it, it was consistent as well um, with the way that the the ref ruled things, which I liked. You know, even if. You're being overly harsh or overly lenient. As long as you're consistent to it with both teams, that's fine. And I think the referee realised that, or the, you know, or maybe that's just how he referees all yeah. the time. But I, I did like the officiating uh, in in this game, which is you don't really ever talk about the officiating unless it's negative in a negative context. We'll bring that up in the NRL. But uh, <laughs> but for this guy, I thought it was it was well done. And look, um, you know. Maybe if it was on the other side, if it was on a, in a in a loss, I wouldn't be as as peachy about it. But I, he he called everything right, and the, the fact that he called everything right got the win. So you know. I mean, the, the the big thing I take away, you could just about name any Waratahs player, and they stood up in that game. Yeah. Like I think Jake Gordon, even though he wasn't as standout as he been, you can see how much better he makes your he's team. A, he's a field, he's um, a real field general, but he's also he's he's even though he's you know he's he's aging, he's still he's still in his twenties, but he's uh, he's super athletic as well, but. In previous games, like the the first game of the season, the game against Adura, he he was the star player of the game, and that's what we have to try and avoid. You know, you you don't want your halfback to be your uh, not your you want it to be your ball distributor. It was your attacking weapon in that, exactly, in that game. Exactly, you don't want him to be the, the attacking weapon. You want him to be making putting other people into position to do that, but also having that ability. You want it to be hybrid. Yep. You don't want him to just be singularly attacking focused. And he can distribute the ball when his players are running well, and that's what we saw. That's how Dylan Peach got that great try. So, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that, that, that was He's one great. thing I noted. All of the Waratahs players, you could name one to fifteen, or even one to twenty-three, and they all did their part. Second big thing to notice: Crusaders only lost by three points. Yeah. Like, that is unreal for, again, reading the other card at the end. They were on the attack. And then the second big thing for the Crusaders, no Richie Moonga. Yeah. So, as, again, the rest of the team, other than Scott Barrett, the rest of the team's here. It's not like this is a B Crusaders yeah. team. You still had Will Jordan, Sever Reese, you had Whitelock, you had Cullen Grace, you had uh, Blackadder, but no Richie Moonga. So now, as much as I think Bowden Barrett's been winning the, the battle of the 10s in the Super Rugby competition, this was actually a massive statement for Richie Moonga to go, the reason I picked him in my fantasy team because <laughs> he's, he's a scary motherfucker. Exactly, hundred percent. So that was that was the Waratahs versus Crusaders game yep. into the second to last game. It was Rebels versus Moana Pacifica 20, uh, 26 yeah. 22. Look, I was 
I was a bit surprised by this one because I thought that, well, no, I'm not too surprised. I guess like I saw, I was very torn in my pick for this one um, because the Rebels did put up a fight against the Crusaders, uh, especially in the first half mm-hmm. um, against the Crusaders. So they, they're, fa- they're finding something there in Melbourne that's working. But I thought Moana Pacifica, just the, the games that I've seen of theirs, especially where they won against the, the Hurricanes, I just thought that they, they looked um, a bit better than the Rebels, but obviously obviously not. The, the Rebels came to play. Uh, yeah, and I, I would say it was 26-22, and they were on attack in the last minutes, Moana. If they score a yeah. try, we, we look like geniuses. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't so far out of their reach. Like, yeah. Moana Pacifica are a bottom five team. So are the Rebels. It's not taken away from either of them. Mm. The Rebels just won on the day. I think home crowd. I think it was it was just the Rebels' day for yeah. it. So not not a as, as you said. I, I'm not surprised by the result, but I'm yeah. also I'm a little bit like it could have gone either yeah, way. Yeah. And it was the Rebels' day. I think the Rebels played well enough to win it as well. Um, but I'm still again like I'm I'm saying the same when when you look at the Highlanders. This is Moana's first year in the competition. Yeah. The way they've had to play like the games, missing games, they had a COVID, week off yeah. last week. It just all pointed to the Rebels victory and they got the job done, which is great for the Rebels. Move them into that eighth spot and they could actually make the finals. But we'll, we'll touch on base that, with that later as well. Brumbies 42 versus the Hurricanes 25. We don't really have to talk about this. Are but you sure? No, we don't really have to, but we will yeah. just briefly. Okay, Brumbies, great job. They won the game. Refereeing decisions, there was very many questionable ones, but I don't. We still lost the game. There was too many mistakes from the Hurricanes. The Brumbies jumped on it and deservedly came out winners. Am I disappointed? Oh yes, I am. Do I think if this happens in this in the finals, and if you see the table right now, I think this is actually a good result for us because now the Brumbies are sitting second. Guess the team most likely to finish seventh. That would be the Hurricanes. If this can continue on, and we and we manage to make a, a quarterfinal against Brumbies, I, mean, I will drive myself out to GOI Stadium, <laughs> and I will support my Hurricanes as they beat the Brumbies at the Brumbies venue in yeah. the quarterfinal. So that's that's all I can take from this game. We weren't better enough, better than them. But there, there is one last thing I'd like to take from this game, and it's linking back to a discussion we had earlier in the year, which is will an Aussie team make the top four? I think this result puts a very, very big, big stamp on that possibly happening. Because you look you look at the... It guarantees the, it, I think. Yeah, because you look at the table, it's the Blues 1, Brumbies 2, Crusaders 3, Chiefs 4, and then it's the Reds and Waratahs. Now, the Brumbies are 9-1, and one, the Hurricanes are 5-5. Five and five. Four games left. Yeah, so it just about... Brumbies still have to play one Pacifica as well. Yeah. So you're like, you could just about knock that as a win. That's, they're in there. They're a top four Well, team. look... Yeah, I don't. I, I, it's never so. It's never <laughs> locked in until it's locked in, you know. But I think this was. Look, we said. Well, I said. I, I, I said last week as an Australian that last week in the super super round, the the Brumbies had to beat the Highlanders if Australian teams were going to have any hope of being competitive in this competition. Otherwise, there's no hope for an Australian team to ever beat a, a Kiwi team. Um, and uh, I mean, look what that's what happened. You know, it's the uh, and then this week, the Brumbies they come in and it's okay. The Hurricanes, sure, they're the second bottom team, but how real is this Brumbies team? You know, like we've seen the Highlanders played, they're a step below the rest of the Kiwi teams. Yep. Brumbies come in and win this one and win it, refereeing or not, in a convincing decently manner. convincing yep. f- fashion. So, look, I think this Brumbies team has got what it takes to to compete this year, and I think I, I think it, they are almost certain for that for that top four spot, which we were, you know. I think it's been one of the really cool things about the season has been um, how 
and I think it'll be only for this season. I don't think they'll do it again next year. But how will the Aussie teams match up against the the Kiwi teams? Like last year, there was a sort of a sense of it's going to be it's going to be awful. This year, for the it feels like everyone has embraced the spirit of the Waratahs, where the Waratahs have said, okay, rebuild, reset. We're going to build. We're getting better. And it feels like all the Aussie teams have have done that this year. They've all thought, okay, or they've all got this mindset of okay we're getting better i feel like all the australian teams have stepped it up a notch this year and uh yeah i mean it's 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 great for for super rugby and it's been 100%. we were we were uncertain a couple of weeks ago was this even possible was was an australian team even going to come close to a new zealand team yep. and now the brummies are two from two against new zealand teams and that's fantastic for the competition. And I guess that pushes me on to the next question that I have, and that is, was this the best round of Super Rugby since the Super 12 days? Like, thinking of it, terms of quality, yeah. the competitiveness, the the fact that anybody can beat anyone, and I, and I said it in my uh, review of this round that is, is going out tomorrow morning, I believe, is the fact that, like, NRL, you turn up and you saw the Bulldogs beat yeah. the Roosters, and that is an unreal performance. You don't normally see that. No. We haven't seen this since Super 12 days where I go now, Brumbies beat either the Crusaders or the Blues. Say they do that. Yeah. They can win this comp. Now, if the Brumbies can win this comp, there's nothing stopping me from saying the Reds can win this comp because the Reds look just as good as the Brumbies. Now, saying that, if the Brumbies do that, what stops the Waratahs going on a run? And say they say exactly. they say they push themselves up to fourth. Say they mm. they manage to beat you know the Blues and oh, Blues, the Highlanders, and Moana Pacifica. So the next three games they finish. What's that nine and four? They've got they play the Hurricanes as well. We can chalk that one off. Hurricane, oh yeah, shut up. <laughs> um, and so, but say they say they win those three games against. Yeah. They move up to to nine wins. They get light card again against a team in fifth. You, you go on a bit of a run, yeah. You know, say say one of those top three teams loses and then gets they get drawn another home. Yeah, look, it's just that anyone could want it, like you there, said yeah. when we were thinking about it. I just think since Super Twelve, we haven't had a competition this close. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. This year, it's been, and it's been the last two weeks that we've really seen because, as we said just now, we haven't seen these teams come up against each other, and yeah, it's very exciting times. Like the there's a real um, chance for. Uh, the Waratahs, to, well, there's there's a greater than even chance that the Waratahs are playing finals footy this year, which after last year not winning a single game is massive. And more, there's a solid chance of them winning a finals game, which is an incredible turnaround from last year. 100%. And, and, and we may have to do a breakdown of the Waratahs at the end of the season, just the Waratahs specifically, because... I don't think, and it was funny. I saw a lot of things about how everyone was like, "Oh, this is the dawn of a new era," and like New Zealand teams, New Zealand fans taking a bit of the piss out of that. But I, New Zealand fans didn't wouldn't have understand like the Waratahs of last year because yeah. they wouldn't have cared about it because oh yeah, you lost all your games, all the war, all the Australian teams lose all their games. What does it matter like that? Yeah. And New Zealand, you know, common rugby theme is Australians lose, so yeah. we get that. But to go zero and twelve and to now be in a position where chances are you're going to win more games and lose more games and yep. make the finals and not even just make the finals and this is this will lead on to my next question I have I have the question saying who will make the top four but I'm going to change it up I'm yep. going to do the final series need a change now a big thing for me looking at this table as we run through the tables Blues Brumbies Crusaders Chiefs Reds Waratahs Hurricanes Rebels top eight at the moment now the Rebels are three and seven as a top eight team mm. probably not getting a lot better than that now let's say the Highlanders get up to about four and. 10 or something like that. Let's say they win two, lose two of their games. Go four and 10, make the finals. It needs to be six teams. It cannot continue to be eight teams. I, as much as I see my Hurricanes are in at seventh, yeah, and, and it hurts my soul to say that, they're a good team. Good teams miss out on finals. I don't care. It sh- that eighth team shouldn't be in there. So what I'd do is six teams, 1v2 style, 
and then three v six, five v four, and then we break it down. And so, way. and one v two has a has a buy round. Has a buy round. Has a buy round. Buy round. Yeah, I mean, I could even. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I think there's got to be more of a reward for being top four than just a home home game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's got to be a bit more there. But yeah, I could see. I could see. Yeah, I just figure just the justification of having, say, the Rebels or even the Highlanders, they don't deserve to be. And finals, like, and I read a really good article about like if the Highlanders were two and eight in Super Rugby uh, in, yeah. in, in the NRL, Tony Brown's head would be on the chopping block. There would be yeah. discussions about you can't lose eight games in a season. There's no discussion of it because chances are they're going to make the finals still. Yeah, and it's like there's there, you know yeah. like you, you know, know I, mean? I almost I almost don't mind that though because teams get better as the season progresses. But as well. that, that doesn't that to me that doesn't matter because. You've fucked up at the start by losing eight games. As hard as their draw has been. Yeah, but even even but sometimes there's things there with circumstances outside of your control. Star players getting massively injured and whatnot. Um for yeah, I don't know. I guess it comes down to how you view who should be a champion. If you think because uh, there's sort of like we've talked about this on previous podcasts, there's sort of the European view of things which is it's the whole season that matters and this yeah. is how the EPL is structured there's no tournament at the end it's just your final ladder yeah. results and then there's sort of the American style where it's the regular season it's just a build up for the for the playoffs now personally I'm more of a fan of the American style of the playoff style because I think it adds an extra level of excitement to and you know, and you know you're always building towards something at the end of the year whereas the European style you're not sure is this going to be uh, an important game or not like how do I I don't know when it's going to be the important clash for my team against this other team whereas the final style you sort of know okay this is it this is the the, the big time I think it creates better media opportunities as well because you've got you can promote the, the final season things like that so it kind of depends on how you look at the the season for me, the, the, the regular season is there to get you into the, the postseason and then anything can happen in the postseason. I think and it, I think it creates real desperation amongst the teams as well. How but how many how many teams make the postseason in the NFL? Uh currently. Uh, 14. 14. 14 out of 32. Out of 32. So, uh, slightly under. Slightly, slightly under half. At the moment, we're over half the teams. NRL does the top eight. Top eight, eight, out eight, of six eight. Teams. And that's what I'm saying. Six out of 12. I just think six is the perfect number. Yeah. It, look, look again. Hurricanes. Hurricanes now lost to the Brumbies. That's not going to matter. They still probably play the Brumbies at the end of the season yeah. if, if everything goes as as I just said. Yeah. Just to me, I think it needs to be a top six. Cut out those two teams. Look, for, for me, I don't disagree with you, but I don't think I feel as strongly about it as you do. Like I think I, I'm fine with it as it is, but I wouldn't be opposed to changing Change it, it. Yeah. again and again. It's only because I think that eighth team's going to be so weak every year. Like. We've yeah. got seven really good teams. A, a good team can miss out on finals. Like the Hurricanes should have not lost to Minor Pacifica in that midweek game. The yeah. Hurricanes should have got a bonus point against the Brumbies. You know, all these things start to come into consideration yeah. when you make it top six. Bonus points start caring about. Points difference might be starting to care about things like that. So I, I'll, I'll maybe I'll, call, I'll I'll do a bit of my own video just to to share my distaste for how that is right now. Yeah. But moving to the final question about Super Rugby. All of this has been great. This round's been great. Yeah. You know, you've built into this. We had one win, one week last week, one win last week for an Australian team. Now three wins this week. Out of the six games next week, I think four of them are back in New Zealand. Yep. Will heading back to New Zealand halt the Australian momentum? It'll definitely slow it down. Yep. I, but I think that really depends on not the New Zealand players, but the New Zealand fans. How are they going to? How are they going to react? Yeah, how are they going to get up there for their teams? Are they going to be disheartened by these last couple of weeks? Or are they going to sort of 
get uh, you know kick themselves in the butt and be like, okay, we've got to get out there and support our teams and make some noise and put these Australians back in their place. Yeah, because you look at the Waratahs game, you cannot tell me that the crowd at Leichhardt Oval wasn't a factor in that game. And this is small stadium. again comes <laughs> back to, to what you were saying: smaller stadiums, more intimate venues, better results, and. 100% agree. 100%. 100%. Great, great, great atmosphere. Let's get a game there. at North Sydney Oval. <laughs> Close to me. But, yeah, I think, like, you're right. I'm interested to see how New Zealand fans react. Yep. Because normally, you know, I did a bit of work with a marketing team down when I was um, down in Dunedin on, like, ticket sales and everything yep. like that as I was doing a paper uh, studying. It's interesting to know the numbers. Like, there's, like, 10,000 less fans for an Australian game than there is a New Zealand game. So, yep. like... Highlanders versus Crusaders get about 20, 20 plus thousand fans. Highlanders versus the Waratahs, 10, maybe 12,000 fans. Will the fact that we lost push fans away and be like, oh, they suck, I don't want to watch them anymore? Or will it amp them up to go, fuck, yeah. this is actually get a big game. Like, now we need to win this. You know, Highlanders yeah, exactly. playing the Waratahs, whatever. It's like. Yeah, last year I would, I would have said that even. It's always fun when your team wins and smashes another team, but if you know it's going to happen, it's not as exciting to go, to go watch. Yeah. Um, like the, the even the first game of the season, Waratahs versus the Dura, um, you know, all re, all signs pointed towards that the Waratahs should win that game. We should win it handily, but we didn't know because the Waratahs didn't win a game last year. We didn't know how good Fiji was going to be, and that made it more entertaining to go watch. So I think that element of uncertainty it adds to the adds to the thrill. It's a little bit like riding a roller coaster. Like a, a tiny part of the thrill is I might fucking die here. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it adds to it. Yeah, 100%. So that is a super rugby, a, a bit of a, a longer section because of because of what round we just witnessed. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to the NRL, the good, bad, and the ugly. I will start us off as I always do. My good for the round, the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. God damn, how good are they? Last, like, last two rounds, arguably. I'm going to throw a stat at you here in your own good section. <laughs> the Melbourne Storm, in the last two rounds alone, have scored 120 points. That's just, that's that just is good. more... Then four other teams have scored this entire season. That, it's just insane. I don't know how they continue to do it. Like to stay yeah. at that level is just unreal. And to play the enterprise. How the fuck do they get Xavier Coates? They lose Josh Adokar <laughs> and get Xavier Coates. Like how they turn Nick Meaney into a Nick Meaney? Yeah, Nick Meaney looks like the most lethal, uh, <laughs> second most lethal attack weapon on that team. Yeah. Uh, Josh King as well. Just Dale Finucane two Like it's just insane. Just the way they turn players into. Melbourne Storm. Plays. I think I think this season is showing why it is Craig Bellamy's season. This could be arguably his season that he shows why he deserves to be greatest coach of all time, all time. over Wayne Wayne Bennett, which is a big big thing to say because Wayne Bennett's won premierships at I think four different clubs, yeah. three or four different clubs. Bellamy's just done it at the Storm, but he's arguably done it with you now several different. Rosters, Process, like yeah. completely different playmakers in different positions. So yeah, hundred percent. And there's no Cam Smith. There's no um, Cooper Cronk, no Billy Slater, none of the old guard there. It's all new players that have come through since he's been a coach. And I'm really interested. I saw a, someone, I think it was a tweet, and it was, uh, okay, so let's say Cam Runster, they let him go because he's going to, you know, if he wants to take the pay cut, he can take mm-hmm. the pay cut. But let's say he goes to the to the Dolphins. Well, how about they sign back uh, Mr. Drinkwater from yeah. Cowboys and turn him into the greatest number six ever because he probably turned into it. Well, just, Todd Payton's turning him into a great number one. Well, yeah, so. already. So I'm just like, I just go, man, they turn anyone into a good player. So that was my good for the, the week. And I think you had them as a good last week. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here talking about how good they are again next week. Yeah. My bad for the round. The Sydney Roosters, my yeah. premier's pick. 
just lost to the doggies and in a shambolic performance as well. Yeah. Like it was bad. They don't look smooth. They don't look good. I'm, I'm happy for them to start slow. I really yeah. am. But they need to turn around at some point. Yep. Now, Trent Robbins said about by 10 or 11, that's when we'll start to really see the team start to click. We're at round eight now. Like, yeah. I just go, is this even going to change? Are yeah. they, they going to get this right? Again, I still think they make the top eight. I don't think they're as much a premier threat as I did. Like, they've got the players yeah. to win games, but that they should be winning more I, games. I was saying a couple of weeks ago to some family that um, are also NRL supporters and valued listeners of this podcast <laughs> that the Roosters this year don't scare me as much as they did in previous years. Like, the, if previous years, Roosters had the same quality about them that the Panthers and the Storm do this year. Yep. And just not afraid of them. And losing games to the Dragons and the Bulldogs back-to-back weeks is why. And as much as they're starting slow, I honestly think they've, they're have they slowed down in recent weeks and it's reflected in the results. So uh, it, they haven't started slow. They started sort of medium, started gear three. They're down to <laughs> yeah, about gear two, two or one They now. might hit one next week. Yeah, yeah like they're, st- borderline they're going one. in reverse, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know... Oh. I don't drive manuals, but, you know, <laughs> kicking kick the clutch and You're a true, to true man. go up a gear or something. I don't know. Just fucking fix it. <laughs> don't drive manuals. Yeah. Oh, lordy. Okay, and my ugly for the round, Carl Lawton's tackle. Yeah. Now, again, I was uh, uh, in a bit of disbelief when it happened. I think I can see why Manly supporters react the way they do because you question when a guy doesn't get hurt, should it be a red card? they have to get that tackle out of the game. Yeah. What could have possibly happened? And I, I don't think, again, as, as everyone says, I don't think Kyle Lawton intentionally went into tip tackle him. He got it wrong. He got yep. the tackle completely it was, wrong. It was no malicious, no maliciousness mm. in there, no intent. It was just stupid. But again, drink driving stupid, you still get the same sentence same. for, for exactly. killing someone for it. Exactly, 100%. And, and that's why the, the talk now is about a red card because obviously it ended the game. Like you knew yeah. the... That as much as the Sea Eagles did hold on, they weren't going to be able to do it. And I, I would, I would even fathom to say if the Penrith Panthers lost a player in ten minutes, and they would be hard beat to try and win that game. Yeah. So I don't think the answer for the NRL is to go to a twenty minute red card. I think it sticks with its full on red card. You think so? I hundred percent do because in the NRL to get red carded, you've got to do something pretty really fucking That's symbolic. True. That's true. That's my only thing. Like in New in, in, in rugby, in, it's easy to make a high yeah, contact tackle, but in in league, you're you're like purposely doing it with a lot more. I feel yeah. like there's a I, lot. I guess the the lawmakers of the game have got to consider, um, have got to balance that. Uh, and it'd be interested. I wonder if they do a, have done a numbers analysis on the game, like how many people tuned out after the red card, um, or whatever, and how that impacts the the value of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Look, I, I, I don't disagree with that because, as you said, it is very hard to get a red card in, in rugby league. We saw in the Roosters game, it's hard to get sent off the field. So, <laughs> Roosters versus Dragons, that is. Uh, oh. We saw it's hard to get, get off the field. So, yeah, look, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, I feel like that, yeah, I don't, it's hard to say because he, he I, 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 I sympathise a bit with the Manly fans because he didn't intend to do it it was just a stupid did. brain snap in the moment he but that doesn't matter up. he still he, yeah he picked he, him up and he did go down with enough force where i was like yeah. that has, that's why it had to be a red card yeah so i kind of go yeah it was stupid yeah it was stupid i don't th- i don't think the referee got the call wrong i just hate seeing that the game being over before the game before the time runs off the clock yep. kind of thing all right, my good, bad, and the ugly. So there's a lot of good to pick from this week. The Cowboys <laughs> looking like absolute monsters out there. Uh, and 
look, my tips were definitely not in the good category. This year. I think both of us went four out of eight. That's actually but a that's, good round but, for me. But that's, yeah, that's <laughs> true. But that's good for the for the competition. But I've got a double header of good this week, and it's two bottom eight teams, and it's the Bulldogs and the Dragons. Now, the Bulldogs, uh, there's a lot of media controversy during the week. The Gouldfather <laughs> coming down, giving them a verbal shellacking at training. Uh, who's really the coach of this team? And you know what? The players responded. They said, we're Barrett's Bulldogs. We're not, um, you know, Gussie's Greyhounds. Uh, we're not Phil's Poodles. We're, we are Barrett's Bulldogs. And they played physical. They played nasty like the Bulldogs of old. Um, Pangai Jr. and Paul Vaughan played great in the forward pack. But Matt Burton, obviously, buy of the season for the Bulldogs. And that's even with Josh Adokar getting a double. I think Burton is... is what they've desperately been missing in the in the middle there. So I thought really good stuff out of the Bulldogs and way to give it to the give it to the Roosters. And I just love that Joey Manu got up in the face of all the Bulldogs at the end of the game <laughs> and the try was stuff, yeah. disallowed. Yeah. Like it made you get feel good. Like here. I may have picked the Roosters to win the premiership, but I don't like the Roosters. Yeah. And even Joey Manu's a New Zealander, but I do like when something like that happens to the yeah, Roosters. Exactly. Uh the Dragons as well, uh three in a row now. Uh, a lot of a lot of memes out there about the Dragons get winning three in a row and it's getting pretty serious now. May premiers and all that, but uh, <laughs> it's just positive signs. Ben Hunt second on the Dalian leaderboard and deservedly so. Um, the whole team runs through him, but I loved, loved, loved that finally we're getting the young guns on the field. Junior Ramon had some great runs, got so close so many times for tries. He's got a lethal step on him, and then Jaden Sullivan out of dummy half. His pace was enough to get him across the line to get. Dragons a try. I love that these young guys are going to try. Fiene on the wing is holding things down really well and keeping Cody Ramsey down in the lower grades, which is pretty crazy to do. Um, I want Tyrell Sloan to get back on the field. Empire's been serviceable back then. He's been pretty good in defense. He's got a bit of bulk on him that Sloan doesn't have that I think has saved a couple of tries. But I, I want to see Sloan get back out there and get some more experience. But good from the Dragons. Bad. The NRL officiating when it comes to certain teams. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you had something about protected species, about protected species for players when it came to Nathan Cleary. There are protected species clubs, and that is the Roosters. <laughs> that, good old Uncle Nick's delivering Christmas presents, but they're sacks of money at the referees' <laughs> houses. Um, we saw some pretty shocking calls in the Roosters and Bulldogs game. A couple of very forward passes that were called that were called flat. Every, giving the Roosters every opportunity to get back into that game. Week previous to this, Daniel Tupo takes off Kelly Ravalawa's head, just straight up clothesline. <laughs> the, and so many people came out and said, "If that's not a send off, what is?" Like at, at least, at least a bit. Yeah, at least a bit. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was so minimum. shocking. I um, saw that. I was like, "He's not about to get carded here." And yeah. I just could not believe. That. And so there's, I don't like that. That is bad for the game. It's not even in the ugly column. It's just bad. Straight can, up bad. Can I just say as well, the worst thing about that, it's not the referee. Like, the referee asked the bunker, bunker to look at it. Yep. You're fucking telling me you've got all the camera angles and you just give that a penalty. Yeah. Like, seriously, 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 that is terrible. What's the mitigating factors there? He literally just stuck That's out what I'm like, Rugby union, I, I, as much as they're playing it, very sensible. Get it right when they go mitigating factors yeah. and everything like that. It goes, you just look at that and you're like, man, in rugby union, that'd be a, a send-off and a four-week you know, suspension. To think it was only a penalty, I just sat there like, what yep. is happening? Yep. Uh, all right, now for the ugly. 
Right, so I said the Melbourne Storm in the last two weeks have scored 120 points. Yes. Newcastle Knights is my ugly for the week. In the last two weeks, they've scored four points total. Four points, four yeah. points total. No yeah. tries in the last two weeks. And are sitting bottom of the table. The dogs are off the bottom of the table. Far out, man. <laughs> After going out there, the absolute media shambles that was the Kalen Ponga uh, signature, the, the way that... Ponga's team handled it the way that the Newcastle Knights handled it. And then the team in the last few weeks stinks. Something stinks in Newcastle. The same way things are stinking in Canberra where something is wrong there. Uh, and even the, even the Titans. Titans did a little bit better this week, but they... Yeah, talk about the Titans yeah. in this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Just I, PU. The Knights... I just can't believe. This is, a, this is the team that beat the Roosters round one. Round one from where they were to where they are. And then Adam O'Brien comes out yeah. and he says, you may not have noticed it, but I saw improvement this week. 50 to fucking two, was it? 50 to two and you saw improvement. Mm. I, I, hey, you know what? You know what? The only good thing this the Knights did for me was they made me feel better about the Warriors lost the last yeah. week. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Look, yeah, they might put seventy, but we scored ten points. You yep. fuckers. Yeah. So I totally. I, I. 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 still can't smell what's happening in Raider Town, but I can smell what's happening in the Newcastle Knights, and it doesn't yep. smell good. It does. It does. It does not smell good. It, they. I guess they can't smell it up there because of all the the coal dust or something. But just <laughs> yeah, very very bad time to be a Knights fan. Definitely. That is the NRL. Our good, bad, and ugly. Uh, let's move on to American sports. Yep. So we do have an NFL draft grade slash, you know, what we thought of the draft video dropping very soon on this YouTube channel. Uh, but for a quick one, we're just going to give you our best player in five years. So in five years' time, who we yep. think from this draft, any round, any player, who the best player is. All right. And then the biggest bust. Uh, Hughes, do you want to start? Okay. So we've got, we're just bringing up the, the stats here. So best player in five years... I think will be, oh, this is tough. This is really tough. I think is going to be um, Jordan Davis for the Eagles. I think he... And Donald 2.0, you think? Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to start strong and just be a nightmare to stop. He's just so big and so fast. Like, he's, like Aaron Donald ran freakish numbers in the draft. Davis has done that and has got size on Donald as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Jordan Davis is going to be... The best pick. My bust, I think, is Dax Hill for the Bengals. I think that was a reach of a pick. I break it down a bit more in our draft video, so make sure you watch it. Um, <laughs> but uh, seeing him get absolutely monstered by the Steelers' second-round pick, George Pickens, on a run block, and this guy's supposed to be a safety. Like, AFC North's a physical division. I feel like the Bengals reached here, and, uh, yeah, I think they... they, they I, I just I don't see him... Doing well. I don't think it's a first-round pick. Excellent. Okay, so my uh, I'm going to start with my bust. So my bust is the number one overall pick in mm. Travon Walker. The only reason I say this, and we discuss it more in the video, is I think the other difference of ends in five years' time, he'll look back and go, Aiden Hutchinson, um, Jermaine Johnson the second are actually yeah. a better player than him, and we took him Kayvon first Thibodeau, of all. yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau, another great example. So that's my big thing. I don't know if he'll be that bad of a player and be such a bust, but I just see other defensive ends. It's not worthy of, not of number, number one, one overall. overall. Exactly. Yeah. So that gives me to my best player in five years. And now I've, got, I've kind of cheated because I've done two. I've got two players. Yeah. Now, 
Funnily enough, if you watch the video, one of these players is actually my bottom five player picks. I think in five years' time, Kenny Pickett will be one yeah. of the best players from this draft. Now I I'm was thinking that, about picking him. I imagine you were. Yeah. Now, I only say that because I think in five years' time, he's going to be a lot better than he will be this yep. year, as in this year and playing, and even if he sits in, say, the next two years, three years, I think when he finds his feet in the league, he's going to be the Steelers quarterback for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, saying he stays healthy and everything like that works. My my actual, uh, he was kind of, I would go, he would be my 1B. My 1A is Aiden Hutchinson, I think. Yeah, him out of uh, Michigan defensive end. I think in five years' time we're seeing JJ Watt two point yeah. and just an absolutely fantastic defensive end uh, destroying the league. So those are my two. But make sure you check out our video because we go over in a lot more detail who we actually think are, are the best players and and what yep. what's real what we really thought happened in the draft. Uh, finally, let's move on to the NBA where. We've got a playoff series on our hands and a, and a fantastic. We're kind of at quarterfinal stage, last eight teams, mm-hmm. semifinals of the conferences. Uh, the Bucks versus the Celtics. Bucks went up 1-0 just yesterday, I believe it was. And the Grizzlies and the Warriors played this morning yep. with the Warriors eking out a one-point victory. And then Draymond got, Green sent from the from court uh, yeah, as well. Yep, yep. Uh, ejected, yes, he was. And Suns versus Mavs and Heat versus 76ers run out. So we're just going to give our quick predictions. Now we already know a couple of the teams are up yeah. one now. I really like the Bucks over the Celtics. I like the Grizzlies. I think there's enough there for them to actually upset the Warriors. And I kind of don't like the Warriors, so that's why that pick's there. I think uh, this next one's really tough. Yeah. I, I know the Suns are a really good team, and I get it. They probably win this, but I'm picking the Mavs because I think Luka Doncic will get that team over the line. I think he's too good. The last one is a really tough one. The Heat versus the 26ers. The Heat are a deep motherfucking team. They have numbers in area. Any day, one of their players can beat them. 76ers may be missing Embiid for a little bit. Now, they've lost him for a while. He's fractured his eye socket. Eye socket, yes. Now, but I do think he will play some games with a mask on and he'll push to come back because his legacy is on the line with this yeah. playoff series. And for that reason, if he comes back before game four and it's a close enough series, I think 76 to get the win. If he doesn't, he won this one out. Yeah. Look, uh, for me, Bucks, um, Greek Freak, love yep. him. Can't go past him. Yep. Uh, Grizzlies Warriors, I think this is the Warriors redemption tour. I think they're, they're angry about last couple of years. Steph... Steph wants wants this wants this bad, so I think I'm picking the Warriors there. Suns versus Mavs. Uh, I'm a Devin Booker fan, so I'm going to pick the Suns here. And then Heat versus Sixers. I do I do like the Sixers and Embiid, but I don't. I just don't. I can't see it getting done. I can't see him coming back. Mm-hmm. I think if, I think I, I'm sort of with you on this one. Like if Embiid comes back, I could see the Sixers pulling it out, but I think without him, the Heat have got it. Yeah, there you go. There's our NBA predictions for this round of the playoffs. And that is us done for podcast yeah. 19. 19, yes, it is so 19. many of these now, yeah. <laughs> it is 19. Uh, QZ dropped a little hint. There is a fantasy draft video about to come out for Rugby Union. We did yep. between the Wallabies and the All Blacks. He may have picked or not picked Richie Mwanga in that course because you don't want to take an Australian number 10 of course you don't um, but that will drop Might very soon that will drop probably Thursday or Friday so yeah. watch out for that um, but from us 